In case you missed the big announcement on last week's episode, Themis Bar Review is now the official season sponsor for Legally NYC. You may be thinking, why is a bar review company sponsoring a podcast that is focused on law school life? Well, the easy answer is that Themis is so much more than just bar prep. Their resources for law school are second to none, not to mention they are free. They have law school essentials courses for 1Ls and for those in their 2L or 3L years. Each course features online videos, comprehensive outlines, and even practice questions so you can test your knowledge before it's tested on your final exams and eventually on the bar exam. If you haven't seen a Themis attorney rep on your campus and are looking for free law school essentials materials, sign up for it at themisbarsocial.com slash legally NYC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I realize that this is my calling and this is my purpose. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Legally NYC. We have another guest with us today. Oh, and I am your host, Erin. I forget to say that half the time. Um, I'm your host, Erin. We have a guest with us again today. It is Tay. If you, listen to, if you listened to the episode earlier in the week, we did a little get to know Tay. And now today we're doing our monthly mental health episode with her. We're going to talk a lot about work-life balance, mindset, and just kind of like, I don't know, how to be how to be in a good mindset. Yeah, mindset. It's really just all about that. Like thinking about things the right way, not getting too stressed about things, knowing how to have that balance in life to be happy and not stressed about like work all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, Tay, do you want to give just like a quick little introduction of yourself for anybody that didn't listen to the other episode yet? Just what you do um where you live now where you're from just the basic elevator pitch sure so i am a corporate lawyer dog mom content creator mm-hmm. and new ceo i guess yeah just Yay. started my own business <laughs> and i live in new york when i am not working in corporate law which seems like all i do i do block out time to work on my business and be creative creating content on social media and I'm originally from the Virgin Islands. So I went from one Island to another, I guess. Yes. I always forget Manhattan's an Island, Yeah, but it like, it like technically is, it is an Island. It just doesn't look like it because we're so close. You can drive um, to Jersey or to Connecticut. Um, But technically, yes, we are on an Island. (laughs) Island girl. (laughs) Island girl. I love that. I love that for you. I'm going to start telling people I'm an island girl just because right. Manhattan. I'm like, yeah, I'm an island girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, like I said, we're going to be talking a lot about mindset today. And since we already did a whole 
Get to Know Tay episode if you want to learn more about her and kind of where she came from, how she ended up where she is. Um, You can listen back to that episode. It came out on Monday of this week. So for this one, we're just going to jump right in to some like mental healthy stuff with mindset and work-life balance. So um, I feel like we can just like start talking like in general about like how how do you kind of find balance in your work having all of these different things that you do? Um, what have you found to kind of like set a good structure for yourself with that so you're not overwhelmed by all of it and stressed all the time? When I first started, uh, I guess I've been at my current firm for a little over three years. And that was just kind of, especially in the beginning, that was kind of all I did was just make that my identity because I knew I wanted to be in big law and be that person. And I thought that that would make me happy getting paid a lot. But then I realized very early that that really wasn't going to make me happy because it's, you know, you, you get paid a lot, but there's a lot of stress. And I'm not going to sit here and complain about big law because I used to be one of those people on the outside saying, well, if you're complaining about it, then just play. So obviously there's a reason why I stay, but it's making the best of a situation and setting boundaries so that even if you aren't trying to start a business or do something else on the side, you just make time for your life because if you don't, they will not, whoever you work for, I don't care what the firm is, they will just continue to give you work and you have to actually put your foot down and create healthy boundaries or else you will burn out. And I definitely burned out multiple times. Um, So for me, it's actually as a person who is very much just go with the flow, want to do all the things easily distracted. I do need structure in my life and it's very hard for me because I, I'm not good at creating it, but after burning out over the past few months, but trying to start a business and still not really have a good solid grasp from just for organization, from an organizational perspective of what I'm doing at work, I realized this cannot continue. So since then, I would say I probably started really doing this over the last few months, maybe. Mm-hmm. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., Monday through Friday. So I'm not looking at my phone. And I essentially map out what how many hours I need to bill every single month and every single week and also every single day in order to hit my billable target at my law firm. Because at the end of the day, my I do not think that work is my entire identity, but I am smart enough to know that I have responsibilities. So I am not in a position to not do my job well or to quit. So I definitely have to prioritize getting that done. So I make sure that every single day I hit my daily billable target. And then if I have time or things aren't crazy at work, then I will carve out a few hours to work on my business or social media. But in between then, I like to take breaks because I used to be the person who would try to push through things. And I'm realizing that that's just not how I work best. I can work really well for 12 hours straight. And there are some days where I can only do two hour spurts and I have to take a power nap. I have to go look at TikTok or I have to go outside or do something else to kind of break up my day. So it's just realizing that I do need to hold myself accountable and make sure that I get the basics done every single day hitting this whatever target and if it's slow month I have to readjust my goals in real time and I think that's something that I didn't do prior to a few months ago I was like well 
I was supposed to bill like 180 a month or whatever, but then not factoring the fact that when there was a war going on or conflict, things were kind of slow. So I need to adjust for that. So now I have to increase my monthly goal each month going forward. So just being more aware and not letting things kind of get out of hand or out of control without having these monthly and very frequent check-ins with myself. So I think it's definitely staying organized, being very disciplined, tuning out distractions and being focused on what my, my big picture is. And I think having the, I guess, aha moment <laughs> that I had or a few months ago where I realized that this is my calling and this is my purpose, what I'm doing with my, my business. It's, I want to help creators and entrepreneurs in various ways, whether it's providing affordable legal guidance. I'm not obviously representing them or giving them legal advice, but it's giving them affordable legal guidance because they probably aren't in a position to hire a lawyer or whether it's working with entrepreneurs that I can see that they're driven and innovative. And I really do want to help them accelerate their vision and really take their business to the next level. That lights me up. So I want to do more of that. So how do I get to that? When I have a full-time job in a very demanding industry, it's again, being very focused and realizing that I'm just doing this to one day be my own boss and run my own company, but I can't do it right now because student loans and living in New York. So (laughs) that keeps me going that like big picture where it's, I know where I want to be in three years. I know where I want to be in five years. And I know that working weekends or working late during the week and putting up with crazy time zones and unrealistic demands get me closer to that. So I also see it as my, my nine to five is funding my startup. So when I look at it from that perspective, it's great. And I can get through a lot of things that if I didn't have a big picture, I would probably not be putting up with certain things. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like kind of, um, shifting your mindset to think like, oh, I know what I want to do long-term and this is like a step to get there. Right. A lot of people, I feel like either just look at the present or they just look at the future. They're like, this is where I want to be. But they, I think it like takes a lot of time and like kind of reflecting to find that balance of being like, this is the present and this is what I enjoy doing now. And I want to like enjoy my time now, but I also know what I have to do to get to where I want to be in the future. Right. Um, and I think that is something that a lot of people have a hard time forming, but I think that does just take like a lot of practice and re- reflecting on what you really like see yourself doing in the future to see if what you're even doing now will help you to get there right. or if you're not taking those steps. And I think also just, especially with the pandemic, there was a lot of content, especially on TikTok with the great resignation and a lot of people saying, I just quit my nine to five because I didn't want to do it anymore. And now I'm doing this and I'm so much happier and like power to those people. And I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I think that it put the pressure on a lot of people who were feeling burned out mm-hmm. and they felt like their only alternative was to quit or just stay in a bad situation. And clearly that's not the case. I think what I took from that was realizing that I have very real responsibilities and obligations that are not going to go away. I don't have I don't have a trust fund or whatever. Exactly. I trust fund, so I, I just don't have that, that luxury. It's not even an option for me. So it's, what do I do with my current situation to make my day-to-day tolerable? So that entailed me being very intentional with 
yeah, so I build 10 hours today and it's 8 p.m. I could do more work, but it's not urgent and I can just do it tomorrow. The old me would have stayed up till midnight, 1 a.m., just getting things done because it came in. And now it's realizing that, yeah, I could be ahead at work or I could protect my energy for the weekend when I'm going to be working on my business. Am I still getting the work done? Yes, of course. I'm focused on work when I need to be focused on work and I get things out, but I'm not going above and beyond anymore. And that's the whole quiet quitting conversation that I am a huge proponent of. And I think people think that quiet quitting is about being lazy or I, I, I just imagine people, I mean, when I posted this on TikTok, obviously the big response was overwhelmingly positive and people were saying, I'm so glad I finally woke up. I feel the same way. I was going above and beyond. Can you just explain quiet quitting for people that don't know first? Sure. So essentially it's when you no longer do anything that is above and beyond the bare minimum because the bare minimum is just what's in the your job description. Mm -hmm. So that is what whatever company or firm is expecting you to do. Anything above and beyond that is not required. And you can still be a really great employee just doing the bare minimum. We've been conditioned into thinking that we have to go above and beyond. Even when it comes to being in a big law firm, our bonuses have become the bare minimum. But if you think about it, it's called a bonus. It's like extra credit. Like since when is your bonus the bare minimum? And it's something that we've just conditioned ourselves into believing that we don't even question anymore. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, do I need the high premium bonus or can I just still get the salary increase every single year and be fine and just do whatever the bare minimum bonus is? And obviously like each practice is different. If you are on partner track and you want to be partner, obviously like you have different goals. I am at a place right now where I don't think I want to be partner. I'm not saying that might change, but I've just, I have a taste for entrepreneurial just, whatever I got the entrepreneurial bug and now I just want to be my own boss and I can't really see myself making someone else rich for the rest of my life it's fine again because I have the mindset of what I'm doing is funding my future startup so it's it's okay but I I just I don't think that I'm okay with having to answer to other people and have partners and not be able to make decisions because I'm waiting on the board to sign off on something or other partners. I just, I just, I've learned that about myself and a lot of, a lot of other things over the last few months. I, I don't know if you're into human design, but oh. I'm a manifester. Which oh, makes yeah. so much I sense. love manifesting. I, so I cannot have a boss. Just, I'm not meant to. And it, it really helps explain how I've had these conflicts, not real conflicts, but just conflicts with different personality types that I've worked with because I'm always the person where it's like someone tells me this is the way we do things and I'm like but this doesn't work why are we doing it this way and they're like, well this is the way it, it's done I'm like but it doesn't work so then I will create a new process that optimizes things and gets the deliverable out to the client a lot faster yeah. and I just feel like generally just not even at my, my current firm but just in the legal industry because I've been in different I've been at different firms before and it just seems like there's not really an innovative spirit. It's kind of just like, well, this is the way it works. This is what our clients pay us to do. We just do it this way. And it's like, well, what, well, why though? Why is no one questioning this? This is just not efficient. This is not actually getting it done well. So seeing that I realized that this is just not 
for me. I feel like there's not as much innovation in the field of law as there should be for various reasons. And I'm just not okay with that. The way I am, I just don't, I, I, I'm not aligned with it. Again, I do like the, the, the particular field of law that I'm in probably affords me arguably quite a lot of innovation just because how often uh, laws are changing. So you do have to be really creative with how you structure an investment fund, for example. So I do really like that about what I do. But generally, there's a lot to there's a, there's a, there's a long way to go. And I don't think I have the patience to to wait for it to happen. So I would rather make a bigger impact running my own company. Yeah. Um, I understand that. I feel like I have a similar mindset because I had originally coming into law school, I was interested in like big law firms. Um, I thought that's what I wanted to do, but then kind of after learning more about other areas and also learning about how um, law, especially the big firms, because they've been around for so long, how they are kind of that like older mindset of like, this is how it's been done. So this is how we keep doing it. Um, I found that I'm like, I don't think I would like that. So I'm, I myself have been kind of like reflecting and trying to figure out where I want to end up with my law degree. Do I even want to be like, do I even want to work for someone or do I want to do I don't know, a more like creative type job using kind of my legal knowledge. Um, So I don't know where I want to be, but like, I understand that then kind of like, you're like, I can do um, doing the bare minimum with the quiet quitting is actually what you're paid to do. Right. And like outside of that, you want to put your energy into what you actually enjoy doing and what you want to do with your life. Right. And I think quiet quitting is a really important thing to talk about. And I feel, I almost feel like it should be renamed. I feel like somebody needs to rename it. Like, I quiet. it's not quitting at all. It's not it's quitting. Really not quitting. It's really all. just, it's doing what you're paid to do. Exactly. Um, like you said, like people, a lot of times, it's, I don't know if it's just American culture or if it's corporate culture, because I've never worked in another country, like in corporate there. So I don't know, but um, just kind of the expectation that people just will go above and beyond. But if yep. it's not something that you want to be doing long term where you're trying to impress them to move up, there's no reason that you need to be doing more than you're paid to do. Exactly. And I think especially in my firm, there is this, well, I mean, I think there's always a disconnect when it comes to senior partners and everyone else. But I think especially now with the pandemic and people just realizing that we have options a lot of people are making lateral moves but what's even more informative is that people are just leaving the profession and starting their own companies so i think before when partners would see someone maybe not going above and beyond they would chalk it up to this person's lazy we're just gonna not put them on partner track and the ironic thing is we don't want to be on partner track they i think they assume that everyone wants to be a partner and that's not the case. There are a lot of amazing skills, both hard skills and soft skills that you can actually obtain from just and develop being in a law firm. I, I, trust me, being in the industry that I'm in and the practice group that I'm in, obviously it's very tough, but the negotiations that I'm doing every single day with the most sophisticated lawyers in the world have definitely been something that I can leverage when I'm working with brands as a content creator. So I never lose when it comes to negotiations with brands and they're not expecting that. So I think it definitely 
is something that has been a complete asset to me because they're not used to creators having like, even if you are a lawyer, there are not many lawyers that are doing this level of negotiations every single day. So regardless of whatever the subject matter is, I just have that skill set so that again, I don't lose when it comes to working with brands and they're not expecting that. So again, would I have had that skill set if I hadn't been in this industry? No. So I think, again, just to go back to mindset, it's, yes, there's not really going to be any type of environment, my perspective. I don't think there's really many corporate jobs where I would feel like, rah, rah, I want to go into work every single day. No one really wants to work if you're being honest. You like the perks that you get, you like the salary you get, the lifestyle that it you know allows you to, to live. But at the end of the day, no one, I mean, I'm just speaking from personal experience. I get excited to work in my own business. I don't care how much I'm getting paid. I'm not really ever excited to do, to make money for someone else. I'll be honest. So for me, what I, what, what gets me up is the skill sets that, and whatever hard skills, soft skills that I'm developing Mm -hmm. it as a result of my job. So this negotiation practice and experience is something that will definitely serve me in life period. And just having such a, just having the connections that I'm developing with people who actually are impacting so many different industries, because this is where the funding and finance is coming from. Just having that close proximity to this world definitely helps me understand the big picture when it comes to the creator economy. So I'm like seeing behind the scenes and understanding like what people are investing in, because I'm seeing it firsthand also in my day to day. So again, if I were in a different practice group, would I still be doing this? Probably not. But it's because I see how what I'm doing every single day and the skills that I'm developing will definitely help me depend just regardless of what I want to do in the future, just because there is a link. So I think that, you know, you might end up in a field of the law or whatever practice industry that might not be completely perfect, but it's just about, you know, are there things here that I can use for my own business or in another career or whatever. And I think that is sometimes good enough to get you up and actually get you going. Because I think sometimes we see on TikTok, well, you're not happy, your boss just quit. And that's not everyone has that luxury. No, not it's everyone not usually that easy. That. It's, not, it's not that easy. That you have responsibilities. Like, yeah. I don't know how many people are just quitting when you have rent to pay in New York. I don't really know if many of these great resignation people actually live in New York because I'm sorry, uh, rent is rent here and that's needs to be paid every single month. So I, I don't really, I think that, I mean, again, I'm not trying to judge anyone, but for me, it would be wildly irresponsible to just quit my job because I had a bad day. So it's finding ways to, again, set boundaries and maybe kind of do a mindset shift where you look at it as a positive, I'm developing skill that I can use in the future in my own business or in another, another job. So it's not just so much. And trust me, I, Talk about quitting as a joke on TikTok all the time. And I'm part of that world, but I think it's doing it responsibly. And I think everyone's situation is very different. So I'm not a fan of the blanket generic advice. Just quit your job if you're not happy. No, no, most people I have a lifestyle to fund. Absolutely yeah. not. No, most people don't have the financial stability no. to do that. And it's not even like you can be financially stable, but still not have like enough savings to be able exactly. to just like quit and then figure out what you want to do. Exactly. Um, some people do have that financial freedom and that that is amazing. I love that for them if they've been able to save up that money and like 
that comes with a lot of um what's the word I'm looking for oh privilege that's like that's like it's if you have that privilege that's one thing but you can't just assume that everybody has it because maybe maybe you have that option because you were privileged to not have any student loans maybe your parents paid for you all through college all through law school maybe they paid your rent while you were in school or even after you graduated for a while so maybe because of that you've been able to just save your money up over time but and maybe you lived at home or something. Yeah, or maybe yeah, maybe you worry about you rent. Live up home. That's a huge thing. It is. That's that is a huge thing. I lived at home for one year because I took a gap year before school, and like mm-hmm. not having to pay that pay rent that year was amazing. Like I didn't have to stress about things. I was able to save my money to then have money um, for when I started law school the next year. So like that money is gone now at this point. Because <laughs> again, New York is expensive, but um, very expensive. Yeah, but so that's like such a privilege to have that kind of like security to be able to just quit without having something else lined up to be yeah. funding your um your res- your responsibilities, your rent, your food, 100%. your doctor appointments, your insurance, your pet care. So um. I think that's something that people really need to look at too. Um, just kind of thinking, even if they were able to quit because they had that financial freedom because they had the security, if their friend is complaining about their job, like most of them probably just can't quit. Like that's okay. not, it's not something most people can do. So you have to, you have to find a way to, like you said, kind of tolerate or hopefully a little more than tolerate what you're doing, like shift your mindset to think about like how this will help you later so then you're like, yeah. oh, okay, like this is good now because it will help with this later. Exactly. And I, I definitely think about myself and I know this is, again, I don't want to project onto anyone else's situation, but for me, whatever, not minor, but inconveniences or just not great situations that I'm having on any given day at my job pales in comparison to me waking up and not knowing how I'm going to pay rent or survive, or if I'm going to have to reach out to my family for money and, you know, inconvenience them when they shouldn't have to, to, to cover me at all. I'm an adult. Like I should not be the responsibility anymore. So for me, I know financial security in that sense can get me through a lot of very difficult situations just because I have so many responsibilities. I have student loans. I have, I mean, for me, because I'm at home all the time, I, see my view I love living in a really nice apartment in New York for me because I don't go out I really want to love where I live so I know I have very real recurring charges every single month that I wouldn't be able to just leave my job Mm -hmm. even if I wanted to so that really put things in perspective for me and also with my business I think a lot of people if maybe you're working in an industry that is very demanding and stressful and you're thinking about starting your own business, I personally think it's much better to keep your job and use that to fund your business because starting a business is hard. And I will tell you, I've been able to hire two team members and not, I haven't scaled yet, but I'm scaling, getting in the process of potentially scaling because I'm able to fi- like finance it through my, what is my scaling? So scaling is when you get to the, so like, say, for example, if I am doing consulting and I am doing one-on-ones, I can't really scale that because 
me doing more one-on-one or me, me, me making more money would just entail me doing more one-on-ones and it, I, that's like limited mm-hmm. versus for me and my business scaling was me taking time to develop digital products mm-hmm. that I spend the time once and then I never have to do it again, but I can sell that out mm-hmm. and it doesn't really require me to do anything else from a time perspective, maybe some marketing here or there. But that's why I realize again, because I am working full time and I know that I need to have this job to finance my life and also my business. I couldn't pursue business offerings that would require me to be doing one-on-ones and doing things that would take away from my job, first Mm -hmm. of all, or require me to really just do more things to make more money. So digital products have been a sweet spot for me. The membership communities, which we'll talk about later, have been great because I was doing a lot of one-on-ones with creators. And I think people think we're all unique and we all are. But a lot of times the questions that I was getting from creators at various stages, people with over 3 million, almost 3 million followers on TikTok to people who are just getting started, they experience the same struggles. So for me, it was, okay, well, I can just get a group program and talk to 10 people at once and preserve my energy and not burn myself out. So scaling looks different depending on your business model and what you're doing. But for someone like myself who has a full-time job that's extremely demanding, I knew very early on after pursuing the one-on-one route or the like maybe like smaller group coaching programs, this is not for me. I need to do, I need to reach the masses at once or have programs or, or products where I don't have to actually do anything in order to make money. So it kind of just sits there. So Again, that just works for my business. For some other people who might have more free time, that might not be the best way to go. But for me, this is what's sustainable. And I think that's a big thing, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's just your job or side hustle or any passions that you're pursuing, it has to be something that's sustainable or else you'll burn out. I don't, even when it comes to my job, I mean, my business and how much I love it. I mean, I, would, I told you I was up till like three, four in the morning doing it. Yeah. I do love it, but I do realize that this is not sustainable right now. I'm just in a growth phase mm-hmm. where I've had this business since May. So it's still very new. So I am putting in a lot of time now, and I, but I've hired people so that I don't have to do this. But you just have to realize that whatever you do and pursue, it just has to be something sustainable. Else it- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You'll, you'll burn out and no one wants to burn out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That was a good explanation. Thank you. I was like, I don't know. What yeah. really is. Um, that makes a lot of sense though. And I agree with that. Like you kind of thinking like, I know this isn't sustainable, but it's because I'm in a growth phase right now. Like this is just how it is right now. Um, 
I've been like that the past few weeks with my podcast because it was like the new season was starting. I was rebranding. I just got a sponsorship um, with Themis, which you all will have heard the sponsorship at the beginning of this. It's not recorded yet, but you'll hear it before the episode starts. Um, So I've just been like working on all of those things. So I was like, I know this is like a busy couple of weeks. But after this, it's going to die back down and be just like a few hour a week commitment. So it's, again, kind of looking at like what you're doing now and how that's going to like benefit you in the future. So really, it's really it's all about mindset. I always tell people that like it really is. I think first of all, the fact that you even have a podcast in law school is just super impressive. Okay, I was just trying to just make it to class on time, which is already was a struggle. I couldn't even do that. I still don't make it to class on time. (laughs) Legitimately have a podcast is just incredibly impressive and you should be so proud of yourself because this is very this is a big deal <laughs> this is a big Thank deal you. law school law school is unlike any other type of grad school it's not parties like in business school you actually have to do a lot of work yeah and you have to be very motivated and just driven so for you to have this as well going on is a lot yeah. it's really great yeah thank you I try to look at it as kind of my networking time too, because the amount of people I've met through my podcast, like that's how I'm kind of like learning about different firms and areas of law. So it's kind of helping me in like the networking sense and like career planning sense of what I want to do. So um, I think thinking about it that way too, like helps me be like, this is not like a waste of my time. Like it's helping me build my network and meet people. Um, and it gives me then like a bit of a creative outlet since law school is so like, I don't know, like old fashioned by the books, like it is what it is. Um, so like having a creative outlet like this, where I can just like talk to people about things and meet really cool people. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's like a fun little thing to do. And I think it's great. I think that's something that for, I don't know if this is like a tip for just randomly, but anyone in law school who thinks they know what they want to do career-wise, whether it's a specific practice group or whatever, power to you. But I highly recommend two things. Definitely taking as many random classes as possible. The good thing about me figuring out that I wanted to do tax, my tool first semester, was that I took every single tax class and I did the tax law concentration at Cardozo. And the great thing about tax is that just doing tax is just, you're not just reading the tax code. Tax is related to every single other practice group. So I took taxation of intellectual property transaction. I took taxation of real estate transactions, state and local tax, international corporate partnerships. So I'm seeing those different worlds and how it intersects with tax. So for me, it was great. I would never have taken an IP class like just on its own, but just dabbling in different areas exposed me to different things that I wouldn't have done if I had gone with a more just conservative, like do corporate classes and just kind of stick with that. So I definitely recommend people just trying the most random courses. You probably, if there's obviously there's some interest, if you, if you don't want to do it, then don't take it. Cause obviously you probably won't do well, but if there's a little interest and you're intrigued by it, I highly recommend taking a class. And then the second thing, which also you're doing really well is finding mentors and not just mentors in the area of the law that you think you want to go into, but just mentors that have the type of lifestyle that actually makes sense for you. So whether it's someone who is like a female lawyer or partner, they have a really good relationship with their kids. They're happy. They go on vacations. Like for me, 
that is success, not just, oh, this person's making a lot of money, but it's, do you have a, are you happy? Do you look burnt out? Do you look like you're still having fun and enjoying life and going on great vacations? That's who I aspire to be. So I would want to literally go out and meet up with these people virtually or whatever, every single opportunity I could get, just because even if it's outside of your practice group, they can teach you skills on how to make this sustainable and not make it your life. So I definitely would recommend getting as many mentors as possible. And I, I think the, the the advice is like, find someone in the field of law you want to practice. And suppose you don't want to be a lawyer. Suppose you don't want to practice law. I would definitely reach out to mentors that are just living a lifestyle that you could see yourself living and figure out how do I just get to where you are? Like, give me a roadmap like that. I wish I had done that earlier because I would have been able to get here a lot faster. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic advice. And that's not advice that I've heard before because it is always look for a mentor in the practice area that you want, maybe at the firm that you want to work at. But in reality, like even if they're doing what you want to do in their career, maybe their overall lifestyle is not what you want. Like meeting people like you compared to somebody that just like works at a law firm and all they do is work, work, work. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. But then meeting someone like you where I'm like, oh, it's possible to have both. Like it's possible to do everything. There's people that have figured out how to do that. Um, And then, yeah, talk to them and figure out how they were able to get there. So then you don't have to go through the struggle yourself of like, being like, I like, I don't like this, but I don't know what I want. Like, you don't know how to get there. But um, I think that's fantastic advice looking more like lifestyle. Because it's like at the end of the day, like we all want to be successful, but I realized the success for me is peace. Mm -hmm. It's financial security, but just happiness as well. Because I can make a lot of money in a lot of industries. Anyone can make a lot of money in a lot of industries, but that doesn't mean you're actually successful or happy. So when I see people who are, I mean, obviously it's what they want you to see, but you can just tell people who are with their kids all the time, they take vacations, they take breaks. They're not always on call. Those are the people that I'm like, wow, how do I, I'm just taking notes. I need, I want to be like that. I don't want to be the the partners always on call, responding to emails within the minute. It just is giving that you don't really have anything else going on. And you just are not happy because work is just your entire life. And that is not me. I can do that when I need to, but that's not who I want to be. So for me, I didn't really see anyone. And I, to to be fair, I don't really at this point have any mentors that are like that. I just had to kind of do it for myself. And hopefully I can be a mentor to people in law school or people that come after me just because I didn't have anyone. First of all, there weren't many women lawyers to begin with, which is a separate issue. But then to see ones that weren't divorced, weren't miserable, weren't unhappy, these people did not exist, at least in my whatever circle or bubble. So it really became even more imperative for me to actually be that for other people just because I didn't have it. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. And I think social media like there are so many downsides to social media of course like it can be really harmful to people's mental health but those are like the good things about it it's like allowing people like you and um like Shermeen just like seeing these different like lifestyles of like what can different lifestyles look like as a lawyer um yeah and like you said she's a perfect example yeah. perfect example just like living life mm-hmm. being happy 
for me, that is what success looks like. Exactly. Just someone who's happy, literally living a lifestyle that I'm like that. I, 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 if I want to be friends with someone, then that for me is great. I'm like, that is something I aspire to. Yeah. Not just the, here's me going into work and just working all day. And I hate this my entire life. Maybe I work out, but then I back to work and this is my entire, like that for me is boring. And I'm not interested in that. Like if, if that. Well, you want, then find someone like that. Great. I prefer people who have lives outside of their jobs and they know that their jobs are just that their jobs. Mm -hmm. It's not their life. I say my job, my nine to five is my side hustle. (laughs) Life (laughs) is my life is my, my my everything. That's my job. So I've been, I I definitely tend to associate with people who have a similar mindset. Yeah, no, I love that. Your, your nine to five is your side hustle because your life is your job. That's a good way to think about it because the amount of time that we do spend like at work, like if you're doing like the traditional 40 hour work week, or if you're in big law, you're mm-hmm. doing quite a few more hours than that. Generally, mm-hmm. um, we it's like it's how you spend a lot of your time that then you're like, this is my life. And it kind of can take on it can kind yeah. of become your identity if you're yeah. not careful with that. And even the people that we do see that like just go to work. And like, that's all they do. I always question, I'm like, are they actually happy doing that? Or do they just think like, this is what they're supposed to be doing. They have to do. And it's what they have to do. And like, I question it more as I've seen like a lot of people leave big law. Um, I don't know if you know, like Morty, like I, um, Morty and like Cece, but you know, um, yeah, Cece was at um, Empire State of Law. Like they both are creators and they just left big law recently because they realized that like just working all the time and like not having time to do other things that they kind of wanted to explore in their careers and life like it just it just wasn't it it wasn't working um so I just question if the people that their careers are their entire life like working in corporate not if you have your own business like you created that that's your baby it makes sense that that's your entire life but working for someone else, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing that as like being your entire life. And then if you lose your job, like then you have like an identity crisis. And yeah, I've, exactly. And I've actually seen that happen firsthand with my dad. He had worked at um, a baseball park my entire life. It was a minor league of the Red Sox. But I don't know how much you follow baseball, but they cut a bunch of minor league teams um, during COVID. Like it was something that was happening before COVID. So a lot of people thought it was associated but it was just that they were restructuring in the minor leagues and how many teams that each major league was affiliated with. But um, so like I grew up like going to that baseball park because my dad worked there from when I was before I was born until I was 22. Right. When I graduated college. So like, I've seen that firsthand now because that was like, that was his life. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do with myself anymore as he's like started a new job now. And he's like, he does it because he needs the money, but at the same time, it's like not what he enjoys doing, but he really did enjoy his job. But even when you enjoy what you do, you still need to like, I don't know, create like other things outside of that, that are a part of your identity. So that like, if something happens and you no longer have that job, you're not like having an identity crisis and being like, well, like, this was my life. What do I do now? Like every single person 
in corporate America, manager level or senior or above that's having an identity crisis and pushing for us to return to the office. I'm very much anti-work from the office because I need to be with my dog and I just don't really like interacting with people unless I absolutely have to. I'm very introverted. I'm extroverted when I need to be, but then I'm really just introverted. And again, because I see my job as just that a job, Mm -hmm. I'm here to work and get the job done, make you rich. And then I'm not going to just talk to you. Yeah. I have friends. I have a life. This is not my identity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot of (laughs) thanks to TikTok and a lot of audiobooks and personal development, whatever that I've been consuming and binging. It really made me realize that it's not just, oh, they want to control you. There's a large part that is that they do want to control control us because we've proven that we are, especially my group, like our productivity, we're building so much more since the pandemic being at home. So it's not a productivity thing. People are working. We're incentivized to get our bonus. So like, that's clearly not it. It's these people that are much older than us have made work their entire identity for so long. So when they no longer have an audience and they're at home with their families and they can't wear suits and go into work and be a lawyer, they don't know what to do themselves. So they're the ones adamantly pushing to go back to the office because that's all they know. Mm -hmm. And I think sounds like a personal problem, figure it out because I have a lot of other things going on and I don't want to socialize with my coworkers like them. We're not friends. Mm -hmm. I come here to work. I do a good job. And then I go home and live Mm -hmm. my life. And I think that the people who don't realize this boundary of there is an on and off switch for me. I'm not going to always be on unless I choose to be. And that's my choice. I will not socialize with you. I don't go to work happy hours. I'm going to one for a client because just a client, but I have no choice. But (laughs) I, I think people think that because they did something and this is the way they did it, that every single new up and coming attorney is going to follow the same path and trajectory. And that's not the case. I'm not going to go into the office every single day just because you told me to, I'm going to do more work at home. And at the end of the year, you're going to be happy because I made you richer. So (laughs) that's the end of the story. Big picture here, people. I'm making you richer because I wake up and I start working. I don't need to get dressed and do all this and go in. And then no, I'm waking up and making you money immediately. And I, for lack of personal boundaries, sometimes Monday through Friday, don't stop. So in every way, this is a better scenario (laughs) for you if I'm working at home and I have my dog and I am not in the office. But it's, again, people who have made work their entire identity. And there's some people who are, you know, younger that are still doing it. And again, good for you. Mm -hmm. Not everyone feels the same way. And I think that it needs to be the people who want to go above and beyond what is actually required because they think that's going to, help them become partner or move up the ladder faster power to you. I'm not one of those people and I will continue to do a great job, but the bare minimum and nothing above that. All that's absolutely necessary in, you know, very unique circumstances. And people need to be okay with that. I, my bare minimum is still better than most people because I do a really good job. And that's the thing. I'm very good at my job and that's why I'm able to do other things just because I can get work done efficiently and I do a really good job where people are not questioning that I'm doing other things. They don't even know I'm doing other things because I'm just getting more done. So well in your job. Nobody's exactly, exactly. And also my job is really hard. So at the end of the day, job security, (laughs) it's very hard. It's hard to train someone to do what I do and to deal with the 
stress and very demanding nature of this practice group or just this industry, the investment banking. So at the end of the day, there's not many people who are just like eager to jump into this and do this all the time. But my brain works this way. I like having a lot of things going on. So when it comes to my job, I can be working on 20 plus different funds at different at any given stage, hedge funds, private equity, all of it, different jurisdictions, different teams. And I'm literally doing a million things struggling. A lot of people are not going to be able to do that. They think maybe I want to go to litigation. I'm on one case for months. Yeah. Good luck. I'm on literally 30 different things on any given day. Mm -hmm. So again, being able to do that really well is something that gives me the security knowing that I don't have to go above and beyond because I'm already doing a lot for my job. Yeah. Be okay with it. It's fine. Yeah. You got to be okay with it. Yeah. It is because as you were saying, there are some young people that still kind of do that where like their job is yeah. their life, but it is mainly those older generations. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like my parents' generation, they're both, I guess, were they from the baby, were they baby boomers? I don't know. They're from like around that time, if not actually yeah. in the boomer generation. It's like them and then like older. And then we see that kind of like rubbing off on some of the younger generation a bit. But I feel like overall, the younger generations, um, are you a millennial? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like I'm a younger millennial. I just feel like I, I think in some ways I do identify more with Gen Z just because of my delayed development in terms of being in grad school for so long. So when I actually entered the workforce, I would have been someone who's like Gen Z. Okay. So I think that that also kind of helps. Like I, I just gone straight through with my first job after undergrad, mm-hmm. yes, I probably would have a different perspective. But because I was in school for so long that I'm starting with Gen Z, I'm like, why? Like, why is anyone doing this? Like, I started questioning things way from from the moment I entered Big Wild. Like, this is just why? Why are people doing this? This is not. I don't like this. I do not like this. I thought when you're a partner, you're not working all the time, and I'm seeing that people are working even more. This is just not what I signed up for. I was lied to. So I just started questioning so many things very early. And I think a lot of people were just like, well, this is how it is. You do 10 years and then you maybe become a partner. And yeah. it's like, but what if I want to start making money before then? Like, theoretically, if I can just focus my business, I could be richer than partners in a very short, like maybe half the time. So I, I think it's just the fact that I'm even contemplating this and actually not just contemplating, actually doing it. People a few years ago would not have even entertained that idea. It was just like, well, this is the only way. We're in big law. We stay here until we pay off our, our loans. And then we try to get on partner track. And now I'm just looking around. I obviously don't tell people this publicly. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure it out. But when people say things, I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about me. I think they think that I'm trying to compete for the same thing as them. Yeah. No, it's interesting how people just assume that you're like going that you want the same things as them that like you're going traditional a lot of people are just okay making a lot of money for a few years yeah they don't really need to just be trying to do this to become partner i think that our salary in big lot is enough incentive to just stay here for a while yeah and be okay with that i don't think that People should assume, especially now with this younger generation, that people just automatically want to be a partner. Yeah. I think the way that they keep people is creating roles. So for me, if I know that maybe I don't want to be a partner, but I still want this income for a, a little bit longer, create alternative paths where maybe someone just stays on as 
a council or whatever, but, you know, not necessarily going down the route of being partner. And I think that people do that when it comes to life changes. So maybe sometimes you want to dial dial it back a little bit because you maybe want to start a family or whatever. And for me, it's, I want to dial it back because I want to start my, I want to focus on my business. Like that's what I'm going to do right now. Mm -hmm. So making it gradual to maybe do that full time. Yeah. So I think if that that would be the best way for firms to retain good talent because right now it's you're either in or out. You're either on partner track or get rid of you. Yeah. Um I have just this might be a dumb question, but what year do you like kind of start on partner track? Like how how many years have you been at your firm? And like when is that something that people start kind of going so I'm a I'm a fifth year and I think it really depends on a lot of different things so my practice group specifically our associates really develop at a much accelerated pace just because of the nature of our group there are more partners and associates and just the the nature of what we're doing we're responsible we take a lot of responsibility very early so for example fifth years and just general corporate are doing very not at the same level things that I'm doing. Okay. So whereas maybe a corporate and a, or we call it asset management. So uh, an associate in the corporate group might be working or managing three funds. So they're doing more of the coordination stuff and okay. not so much substantive, but I'm on 20 plus funds at any given time. And what I'm doing is substantive. So it's not just changing the name or updating the document. It's actually thinking about this from like, tax perspective how do I structure this what are the unique circumstances here so you're doing so much more heavy lifting and interacting directly with investors their counsel the funds counsel in addition to the lawyers within my firm so we develop faster so I would say that a fifth year in my group might be comparable to a special counsel in other groups just because of how fast we progress so I think that that's a question. I think I'm probably too junior to really even know when that conversation okay. actually takes place. But I would think that once you're probably a six or seventh year, because yeah. that's senior associate, you would have that conversation. Oh. But most people that I've seen, it takes like, from what I've witnessed, at least 10 years to even be up for partner consideration. Most people are senior associates for a few years and then they would progress up to like a council role or special counsel and then spend a few years at that stage before a partner if that's in the cards for you and that's what you want. Okay. So that makes sense. Each firm is different. Yeah. But so you being a fifth year then, people in your practice group that are also fifth years might be thinking like they would start having that conversation about partner in the next like two to three years then yeah kind of, okay yeah okay I think so because <laughs> I don't even think they sometimes and that's another thing that's really kind of frustrating I think with big law just generally is that they kind of want to set the pace that you develop that so they think there might be someone who's a third year who knows they want to be a partner and they want to get that conversation going now okay. and I don't think that it would be something that people would even entertain because it's, it has to be on their schedule yes. when they think that you're ready. Yes. And maybe you're ready as a third year. You might not have all of the development necessary, but you want to be on track and talk to someone about it. So you make sure you're doing the things that are necessary. And that's another thing. I don't want someone else being responsible for my own development. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the driver's seat. I don't think that you necessarily have that 
as much as you would want to. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. I'm just trying to wrap my head ahead of like around <laughs> like kind of the track too of like compared to where you're at and like people yeah. in your group kind of like thinking in the partner mindset at this time. Yeah. But um that makes sense to me. I'm watching a show right now. It's called Partner Track. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's yes, on Netflix. So. so I tried watching it and uh, everyone keeps telling me to watch it, but honestly, after seeing <laughs> the first five minutes of them saying she's a six year and she wants to be a junior partner. I heard enough. And I was thinking to myself, come on Netflix, do some due diligence here. Talk to people who are actually in big law. I don't, again, every law firm is probably different, but I've talked to multiple people in big law yeah. and I don't know anyone who is a six year because a six year at most big law firms is a mid-level associate. So there's no way you're going to be junior partner. Even having that conversation as a mid-level associate. So again, Things like that for me, I was like, I've seen enough. <laughs> That's so funny. I think, I feel like that would be more like if you're at a mid-sized firm. Like I've talked to some people yeah. that are at mid-sized firms that they have been at the firm for maybe like six years and they just made partner. Yeah. But like, yeah. definitely, I didn't think so at Big Law. So I want to <laughs> uh, I I just couldn't. I really, to be fair, I really didn't give it a fair chance after that. Yeah. Uh, it's a good show. I've wa- okay, so I watched a few episodes now, and it's a good show. Um, my roommate who works in HR, when the show came on, the girl that's trying to make partner the main character, yeah. the roommate that's in HR was like, "Oh, that's Grace. That's my roommate. That's in law school with me." And then the other girl came on, that's like her best friend at the firm, yeah. um, who was like, "You worked nonstop for like six years. Like, you got to calm down." She was like, "That's Erin." Yep. And I was like, that yeah, is me. Half friend, I would be too. Yeah, I was like, that is me. I'm like proud of it. <laughs> and you know who's actually probably going to be partner? The friend. Yeah. Because she really went about it the right way and wasn't trying to just do too much. Mm-hmm. Because that's how it always happens. The person who like has the, the long game in mind. We're not trying to burn out. A lot of people try to go too hard. Mm-hmm. First few years, burn out. They quit. Yeah. They didn't want to practice anymore. Versus the slow and steady person mm-hmm. just wins race if you want it if you want it yeah otherwise you can you can deny it you can be like no I don't I don't want to be in that race um right yeah so so funny but um oh my god I feel like we got so sidetracked so we were how did we get there (laughs) let's backtrack how did we get there we're talking about mindset oh people at work assuming that you want the same things as them yes um so you realized that you didn't want the same things. And um, so I want to talk a bit about your communities that you have now. So as you like realize you didn't want those things and you were looking for more people with like goals that aligned with yours, like how did you come to start these different communities that you've created and memberships that you have? Let's talk about, yeah, talk about those. I'm excited. I want to hear more about them. I will say that TikTok again. I'm the biggest TikTok fan. TikTok wants to hire me. Very interested. (laughs) TikTok, not even TikTok legal. I would want to work with TikTok in a different group where just their algorithm. I want to understand that. So I, they like they TikTok have- listening. I will. I would probably leave and just work. Yeah, a hundred percent. hundred percent. That'd be something where I would definitely just take the risk because for me, yeah, that'd be worth it. But, but I, I digress. But honestly, like just being on TikTok on my second account more so because my first account was kind of just sharing my corporate life humor and just making fun of my corporate life and connecting with people about that, which 
is actually becoming my, my favorite TikTok account again, because it goes back and forth. I have days where I prefer one over the other, like my kids. But Wait, right now, that one the main account, like which one is the first one? I don't know which one I follow now that you're talking about having two. The corporate.com. So that's, a, that's my primary one. So okay. it's just corporate humor, comedy. It's pretty much out there. For me, it's I say that <laughs> go big or go home. That that one I, I post a lot of viral content because I know I'm posting things that are gonna trigger people, but I think it's important to have that conversation, like quiet quitting, for example, or just doing the bare minimum. These are conversations that I think are very important to have and a lot of people shy away from them because they don't want to be seen a certain way. And I'm just like, listen, I know I'm, I work hard, I have a business, I'm doing a lot of things. So someone sees a five second TikTok and they think that I'm lazy, then the joke's on you. Thanks for the engagement. So I, 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 I live for trolls on that TikTok account. They come at me and I'm just like, I was ready. Call me on a bad day. But I will say something that kind of shuts them down mm-hmm. respectfully. And then I'm like, have a nice day. And then yeah. they delete the comic because it's a little silly. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do it again. Yeah. But so that's my primary account. And then the corporate creator was that's something the one that I, I follow. I just looked, yeah. I was not following corporate dog mom. I was following your new account, corporate creator. Corporate creator. And I started that <laughs> and I started in December. And the reason why I started it was because I knew that because I've been working with brand deal, working on so many brand deals and getting that experience. And when I would talk to my friends, other creators, or just post about it, people had all these questions. And I didn't realize that I was getting so many more brand deal opportunities than everyone else because mm. my following on Instagram is 15K yeah. and on TikTok, it's like 51K and then 7K on my, my new account. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, okay, whatever. I, I thought everyone's getting these deals. Apparently no. And not the type of deals that I was getting to. I was getting paid a lot and I didn't really have to try very hard. And these brands were coming to me. I never had to pitch. I've never pitched to a single brand for a brand deal. So, so I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to share these tips. Mm-hmm. So I created the account just to kind of share the behind the scenes, share my negotiations. I would share redacted emails. Obviously, I think a lot of people want to put brands on blast and it's don't do it to yourself. It can be a huge issue. So I always make sure to redact every single thing. I don't share the contract. I share the email correspondence. and I always redact all confidential or identifying information. Obviously, lawyers know this. Yep. Everyone else. A lot of creators don't. And they can get in some get get in some trouble. So I always make sure that it can never be linked back to any specific brand or company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started sharing that, and people just were impressed or just amazed because again, a lot of people want to pretend like they're getting brand deals and they're a lot more successful as an influencer or a content creator. But I was actually I actually had the receipts. I was this is this is what I'm actually yeah. doing. I'm negotiating this every single day. You can't make up email correspondence like this. You either are doing it or you're not. So once I started sharing that, I realized that there was this huge opportunity to just really get this information out there and help other creators. Because again, a lot of times, whether it doesn't matter what you're doing, if you're a creator, I guarantee you, you are not negotiating the way you should be. You are probably just so excited that our brand reached out to you and it's, oh, wow, even offering to pay you, you're not thinking about things like usage rights or licensing or the fact that a brand is asking you to give up the ownership to your content that you're creating that includes your name, image, and likeness. So, and that's forever. So a lot of people who are just getting started out on social media are thinking, well, I'm nobody now, blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't matter. And I always knew 
that one, I came into this already a lawyer. I have clients, I have a reputation to uphold and I want to do so much more. So I don't care where I'm at currently. I know I'm going to be huge, even bigger. So I'm not going to relinquish these very important rights to a brand right now and then regret it later. So I really just tried to put that out there and make creators aware of what is in these contracts, what they should be thinking about. And it's an uphill battle again. I think if you are a professional, not saying that people who aren't professionals don't get this, but I think we just kind of understand how corporate America works. And we understand that if there is a contract, we do need to read through it. We might not understand every single term that's in there, but I think a lot of people who may have just blown up overnight may not have actually been in a corporate environment. So they're just thinking, oh, it's a contract. I trust that the brand has my best interest. They don't. They absolutely don't. They're not being represented by a lawyer. Their lawyers are putting things in these contracts that give you absolutely no protection. Their client is the brand. So they're not thinking about it. They're thinking, I have a contract. I'm safe. It's fine. And then you're not. So for me, I was just on a mission to really just share as much information as I can. And that's what I've been doing. I put together various products for creators and influencers. I downloaded. I I got one of them. I signed up for your, um, your email list and I got the one that was like, provisions to make sure you have in your contract yes. and I use it for me. when I was good, good. Contract, I was like check 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 good good for me I, I I wanted that to be free just because I knew that not everyone is in a position to actually pay for something and not everyone knows if they really want to do it so I get it it's an investment I prefer to be protected but not everyone isn't in a financial position to do that so I was like okay I'm going to put together a checklist here are things that you absolutely need to have in it so if you don't have it, ask a question. Why isn't it in there? Or if there's something in there that doesn't look right, you can talk about it. So for me, it was getting the information out to the masses. I would rather them me not get a single penny, mm-hmm. but then the bigger picture is that creators are getting some form of legal advice or legal guidance to help them because the alternative is that they're getting screwed and you know, I, I can't I can't do that. Like I think there's a lot of gatekeeping and I understand why people do it especially when you're doing this whole time, you do have to support yourself if you have a business. But the bigger picture is that you can help people in some way. Yeah. So I do post a lot of free tips on my TikTok and I have this influencer checklist that you mentioned. I can probably like link it so that if anyone yeah. is interested, it's like free. I mean, it's also good. Like even if you're not in that field, just to see like what goes into these contracts. And I think that was something that I knew that not many people would be able to provide because even if you're a lawyer and you work with creators, it's totally different when you're negotiating it yourself because you are the creator and you're also a lawyer. So I was seeing a lot of different contracts and I'm understanding the industry because I create content and I'm also a part of it. So I think that insider access was something that was very necessary to share because I don't think people who might even be getting more brand deals than I am understand what they're even signing so it was having the bill again taking what i'm learning in my day-to-day and being able to use that with what i'm doing on social media really i think helped me stand out from the rest of these like social media influencer gurus that yes i will that aren't i will always say and I've, i've been very very uh firm about this on tiktok I don't care if you use my guides or use another lawyer's guides, use a lawyer's guides. Do not buy a $49 UGC creator created contract 
terms and conditions. Absolutely not. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Like just save yourself the money and get my free guide. Honestly, yeah. I would rather you get something for free or I will refer you to another lawyer, but go to a lawyer, like save yourself the trouble. Honestly, it, this is one time where it does not pay to be cheap. No. And I appreciate that you put um, those few like guides that you have out there for free. And like, even though you're not making money off it in the front, like that does help you grow your community and grow yeah. kind of like the trust of people for them. Yeah. Like later, if somebody that used your guide, then like actually needs like help with something that they could pay you for that, then they right. would do it. they'd be like, I know that like, she's legit. Like she wants to help people. She's not just okay. money hungry. Like she put these no. out there. So like in the long term, it's helping you grow that community that you want and the trust right. of the community. So um, I think also, I think also just like, again, because it's not my full-time job, I do realize, and that's why I don't ever want to overlook the fact that it is a privilege. Yes, the privilege is me working a very demanding job, but it's a privilege nonetheless. I'm in a position where I don't need to be chasing every single penny. I, the big, for me, my bigger goal is to really help as many creators as possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a position where I can be okay with just giving away free tips and advice because for me that means more for my big picture impact in the long run versus and you're right it's like yeah short-term loss fine whatever yeah I could I could have monetized that but it's not for me that's not really advancing my 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 end game mm-hmm. so it's fine yeah no that's well I love the guide it was super super helpful <laughs> I'm glad literally I'm really really glad I saw so in addition to those where I'm glad I did those yes uh because it, it's out there and now when people ask me for free advice I direct them to my website mm-hmm. and like I've done the work I've, if you want free tips go to my TikTok besides yeah. that we're not doing free anymore so <laughs> that that's helped me get rid of the the, the leechers and I'm not talking about create I'm talking about people who have money and they're trying to just get free advice yeah I direct them to my website because I've done enough for free now <laughs> yeah we're good you put the guides um, out you have all the tips on TikTok like if you yeah then my TikTok if you if you have questions there's you can actually pay for for that now yeah <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to that I also started two membership communities mm-hmm. recently one is still in technically pre-launch but it's up okay um, but the first one is called the culture which I am obsessed with it because this is how things happen when you're a manifester. I was at brunch with my friends one Sunday and I was just like drinking rosé and thinking, well, I really wish I had a community of women that I can just talk to about random things. Like, Oh, I want to start Sakara and they won't judge me about spending that much money on a meal plan, but then also talk about social media and not have them care that I'm on my phone recording content because I'm a content creator. And where do I find these people? And I just posted a random TikTok and the response was overwhelming. People were just like, yeah, I want to be part of this. I signed me up. So then the next day with my um, community manager, team member, we, she's also my like product develop product manager. Okay. So she does many roles, but I was like, so I posted this TikTok and now we have to do this thing. So that's kind of how it <laughs> happens in my business. It's, I just post a random TikTok and based on the response, we just move really quickly. So the next day we had it set up. It literally went from my head to this thing that's happening right now in less than 24 hours. That's a fast move. But that's another reason why I'm able to do my job and also run a business because I move like once I'm, once I'm inspired and I'm motivated, I move really quickly. Mm -hmm. So the culture is really great. And I think it's, it's for women. Yes. I don't care if it's, you know, exclusive. It should be women Mm -hmm. need something, 
Yes. The reason why I really did it was because I was meeting so many amazing women, lawyers, law students, insert here, just amazing, ambitious women on TikTok, which is great. But then in terms of communicating and connecting with all of them, that was a huge issue because I'm not as active on my Instagram and I also have different communities and it was just, how do I keep up with all of them? It's, it's a lot. Yeah. So I figured create a membership community online that would be all of the things. Yes. So we have our monthly intention setting sessions where we all have a virtual uh, Google meet session and we kind of go through talking about the things that we did the current month. Because especially as women, we tend to overlook all the things that we're actually doing. We just see the to-do list in front of us that's not complete. And we convince ourselves that we're not doing anything. When in reality, we did 30 million things that we never even put on the to-do list. And that's when we're exhausted. So it's having that moment where you kind of reflect and you realize like, wow, I've been doing really important things. Maybe my goals change. And that's why I feel like I haven't accomplished things, but I'm actually further ahead than I thought I would be. I didn't think I was going to be starting a business. I thought my goal for this year, I was going to be making six figures and brand deals that didn't happen. And I was really hard on myself about it. But then I started a business and made a much bigger impact. So for me, this is a complete win. This is a bigger success long-term than just, again, making someone else rich, creating content for them to market on social media. I'm doing my own thing and making a bigger impact and helping more people. So we do that. And we, I'm actually switching over my community from Kajabi to Mighty Network. So it's going to be super engaging. There have live intention setting sessions. We have hopefully uh, in a few weeks when I move, we're going to be having in-person co-working sessions. If you're in New York, you can come hang out with me and work with me. I have a wine bar or wine cellar in my new apartment building. So you can come hang out with me. And it's included in the membership. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah bowling alley spot literally so if you're in new york it's definitely an added benefit and added perk but i've had people again through tiktok just seeing that one video that i posted offer to be my community chairs in various cities so i've had someone reach out to me the community chair in atlanta i have people in california so i want this to be not just like virtual i I definitely do want to expand to in-person events and we actually have our first trip planned we're going to Aspen in December. So it's going to be a lot. And I just wanted to have a way for women to just who are ambitious and trying to do all of the things Mm -hmm. to connect with each other and really be there for each other and support each other and also have fun and do bougie things and spoil our dogs. All of the Mm -hmm. things that I do, there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. We, in our, in our first uh, intention setting session, people talked about wanting to, to date and, and go on dates. And some people, that was their goal to go on three dates. Yeah. So there, it's anything that you want accountability and support in, and we have check-ins and it's no pressure, but just having other people who are just there to support you. And they're also doing big things in their life, just motivates you and inspires you to do so much yourself. And for me, I thrive in, in those instances. So I'm all about the membership model. So that for me is my zone of genius. I'm also, I have another membership that I'm starting where it's mm-hmm. going to be for men are included in this one. It's called the C-suite. Again, play on words, but for me, it's, it's for entrepreneurs that, and also creators, I guess, but for people who are entrepreneurial mind set, very motivated, they want to be the CEO of their own life, whether that means starting their own business or just taking their side hustle, making their side hustle more profitable. So it's 
that that membership is teaching everything when it comes to marketing your business and social media, developing skills or developing sustainable lifestyle habits that make balancing your full-time job and a side hustle or social media manageable. So it's all of the things like finding confidence and motivation. So that one I'm excited to launch in the next few months. But right now the culture is great. I love it. Mm -hmm. The women in there are just so inspiring. We have multi-passionate entrepreneurs, lawyers who are thinking about starting their first startup, Mm -hmm. all of the things like they're, these are boss women in there and it's just so inspiring to just be there to support each other. I absolutely love that. No, those both sound amazing. And how can people join these? And what's like the cost of them for financial transparency? No surprises. Yeah, sure. Website. <laughs> yes. So my 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 digital products are I I, I think they're fairly priced, but you know it's like they range from ninety seven dollars to my high tier elite creators bundle is five fifty five. But you're getting so much in there, and those are just standalone uh, products. For my memberships, I want it to be really just like low barrier to entry. So it's $11 a month for the culture membership. You get these monthly intention setting sessions. You have access to this community where you can communicate with members in real time. We have multiple events, trips, in-person meetups. And I also offer a whole bunch of resources. So whenever I launch something in my business, I will sometimes just like drop it as a surprise for free. So and you also just have access to me, which is just great to just like, you know, ask me questions or whatever about all of the things. So it's $11 a month, but for your listeners, I am uh, giving them a one month free trial just to test it out and see if you like it. Obviously, you will. Duh. That's how confident <laughs> I am. <laughs> I can give you guys a month free. But it's $11 a month. I mean, honestly, it's like, what's that, like coffee? It's like nothing. I wanted this to really be something that people didn't even really have to think about. But I, I know the benefit is there to actually be in an environment. And if you're in law school, there are lawyers in there, like myself included. So you're getting access to mentors in different industries. So what better place to get an idea of like what it is to be in various industries in corporate America, but to talk to people who are actually in these industries right now and thriving. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you so much for giving that to our listeners. Everybody should check it out. I've been looking at it. So um, I was excited to have you on to really like talk more about what the community is, but um, everybody take advantage of the free month, check it out. I'm sure you'll get hooked and stay in there. It's only $11 a month. I mean, that's literally like Starbucks. Yeah. Um, like that's like one and a half of my Starbucks. Like I could get one and then maybe pay for half of one. So it's like nothing. Nothing. And yeah, I, I mean, I I think I still have the offer where I was giving away my pricing guide, which is typically $97. I have that. Yeah, I think I included that for anyone who joins like before the end of the year. So yeah. if you join at any time, you get that. So already that's already just yeah, huge. it's already a huge perk. And now you also get a month free. So everybody join. But um, I know I'll be joining. I want to check it out. I've been looking at it. And I'm like, this, this looks good. We're so, we're so vibey, honestly, like all of my lifestyle content, like that's how I am in real mm-hmm. life. Like that's how I show up. So we just want to have a good time. We work so hard already. So I didn't want this to be super uptight and stuffy yeah. where we just talk about the corporate. It's no, it's how do we dream bigger and pursue all of the things and still have fun and enjoy life. That's the vibe for this. It's we don't need to just do one thing. We are this, these are, these are women who literally ask themselves like, why not? Mm -hmm. That's for me. Like I want to do all the things and I will do all the things. Yes. So the women in this group are that way. It's very much, we create our own 
life of our dreams. That's the energy. That's amazing. And like, who wouldn't want to be surrounded by that energy? Because yeah. you like kind of, you absorb the energy you're surrounded by. So exactly. yeah, such a great group to be surrounded by. Okay. And the other membership, it's 22 a month. Oh yeah. That one, that, that one's more expensive just because we do have two live monthly sessions. So in addition to a live masterclass that I'll be teaching on various topics mm-hmm. each month, that'll be related to just confidence, brand identity, finding your niche for your business, all of the things. We would also have a second live uh, session for Q&A. So you're getting more for that. And it's going to be way more structured than mm-hmm. the culture membership. But I, I definitely think both of them are great. And I think especially if you're maybe not sure if you want to start a business, but you just want to be around boss women and be in that environment and have access to people like that. Definitely. The culture is the way to go. Yeah. Sorry for the guys, but again, not sorry. <laughs> Cause women need things. We need things for women. They honestly, for we've dealt with sexism forever. Them. We need something for yeah. ourselves. Exactly. So I'm not even really sorry about that. If they want to have access to this community of people, there is the, the C-suite, which is yeah. going to be really, really hot too. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to check those out. You should all be excited. I'm excited to see some of you in there then with all your free months. I'll see you there. Um, yeah. But okay. I think that's it for the main like chunk of the episode. Do you have any like last, like last few like tips or like kind of just like condensing what we said into maybe like three main takeaways about like yeah. mindset and balance with work? Yeah, I definitely think the biggest thing is that whatever you're doing assuming you're not financially independent you're probably going to be doing something that wouldn't be your first choice you might love it might burn out whatever but it's always keeping or having the mindset that what you're doing hopefully is serving the bigger picture so whether that's helping you pay off your debt student loan debt faster so that you can pursue other careers or things that you might be more passionate about always having that mindset because it'll really help you significantly getting through the harder days. I know it's helped me a lot. Also just really finding people, whether it be friends or mentors that live the lifestyle that you want or equally aspire to have the same things that you want. Because if I were friends with people who are just big law associates that just want to work all the time, we couldn't, we we're not really relating on much. So my friends, whether they're in law or they're in finance, they all want to do something entrepreneurial. So they want to start something on their own. So we have that like drive and that energy that we really kind of just motivate each other and, you know, go off of each other's energy. So when it comes to mentors, if you're not sure what you want to do, definitely, I would recommend finding someone who is living a lifestyle that you want for yourself. They look happy or whatever that lifestyle is for you. Even if it's someone who just works all the time, maybe that's your identity. Find someone who actually is doing the thing that you want and really like build a relationship that you can nurture. So that gives you the best way to really, I guess, see if that's what you want for yourself. I feel like that's a good way to kind of tie up what we said. Yeah, Um, yeah. this this episode has been great. Um, We are going to dive into our two little segments we do at the end every time now.
So um, the first segment, for those that haven't listened before, it is the how to be a better person segment. So this is a tip of something you can do for people this week, a cause you can donate to, somewhere you could volunteer. Um, Yeah, just something you can do for people this week. So Ty, what is your tip? How can people be better this week? Well, this is something that I'm actively doing for myself this month. My word was empathy. And this might seem like not a big deal, but I think if you are an overachiever, you're a driven person and you are so focused on doing all of the things, a lot of times you're so inward looking that you forget, you don't, you don't have time to really compare yourself to others. I know mm-hmm. I don't, but that's not true of everyone else. And there are a lot of people, friends, family that project their limiting beliefs or whatever onto you. And a lot of times it's, it's easy to see it as a personal attack and want to match that energy or attack them or whatever. And I'm learning that, especially as you become more successful, you're going to encounter more of those instances. So instead of one removing your ego and realizing that it's not about you, I'm working on empathy and realizing that it's probably that person's not in a good space. Mm -hmm. And instead of me making about me and my hurt feelings and whatever, it's, really empathizing with like understanding that if someone is actually not even being able to be happy for their friend, yeah, they're probably not in a good spot. So maybe give them some grace and maybe try to be there for them in, a, in another way. And that's something that I definitely am working on because I tend to, I'm very sensitive. I'm very, I'm Pisces. I'm very Me sensitive. Too. Really? Yeah. I'm Pisces. <laughs> An empath. And I can sense some people's like energies in yeah, there. When their vibe is kind of off. Exactly. And I used to see it as a personal attack. And now I'm really starting. TikTok has taught me this, that people can leave very cruel comments without knowing you. That's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. And I'm really trying to actively be more empathetic with, especially friends, which is hard because your your feelings are hurt. But I have to realize that these people are not in a good spot Mm -hmm. and just be understanding and understand that it's not about me. It really has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with them. So maybe I can try to be there for them in a different way because they're just going through something. Mm -hmm. So I think I know this is something that a lot of people can relate to because we're very focused, driven, ambitious. And we think that everyone's going to be happy for us. And the reality is for various reasons, they probably will not be. And you have to be okay with that and Mm -hmm. really try to exercise some empathy. And it's hard. And I'm actively working on it right now, but it's not easy. Yeah, no, I think that's a good tip. That's something that I was actually talking about with my roommate the other day, like not quite in those words, but we were saying um, it's almost kind of like giving people the benefit of the doubt. Like if they're like, mean to you or like just kind of like standoffish like whether it's your friends or like strangers I was we were talking about people on the street more so like when somebody just like bumps into you or gets like super mad if you accidentally bump them or like I just like always try to think like I don't know what's going on with them like they're probably having like a bad day a bad time they've got something going on because I know like thinking back then I'll be like I know I'm like that when I have like this type of thing going on or if I'm just in a bad mood that day, I'm really like taking a step back to be yeah. like most of the things that people do and how they react to you and things they say are more about themselves exactly. on with them than actually like not liking you or like n- not thinking what you're doing is amazing. Like they probably yeah. just don't like have that capacity if they're not happy for you at the time or if they're mean 
they probably got something going on that has them in a bad mood if you did nothing to kind of like provoke that. So exactly. just, yeah, no, it, it's, it, I see it. I've been having these conversations with people with respect to social media and showing up and friends being judgmental or whatever, or just in work and people being successful and having successes and people just not really being there for them and they're getting hurt and myself included. And it's really just realizing that these people probably are just not in a good spot. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. You would want everyone to treat you the way that you treat them. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's, it's a way better exercise and trust me. You'll feel a lot. Mm-hmm. Once you realize it's not about you, that actually helps you so much more than you would think, because then you can continue going and realize that you're not doing too much. You're doing what you need to do. That person's going through something. And yeah. once you have that awareness, like I cannot tell you how much more you're able to accomplish mm-hmm. once you remove yourself from it. It's not about me. Like I'm it's thriving. I'm doing great. That's why they're acting this way. So it's empathy. And I, that for me, that needs to be the biggest thing. Cause I have a, a habit, as you know, as I mentioned from one of my first stories in the last episode, people say things, I kind of like play off of that. And I use it mm-hmm. as motivation and that can kind of be toxic. Cause I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like sabotage that person. That's not my nature. Oh, it's I want to prove them wrong forever doubting me or telling me what to do. Yeah. And sometimes I'm realizing that I need to be less worried about other people and mm-hmm. be focused on myself and realize that they might be going through something and that's okay. I can give them grace for the moment or cut them off, but not let it, affect me or impact me doing the things that I need to do for myself. So it's empathy is huge, really, really huge. Everyone is in different, different Mm -hmm. life situations, different circumstances. You don't know what people have going on. So definitely empathy goes a long way. And it's just not something that a lot of people like stop to think about a lot. Like when somebody's mean to them, they're usually just defensive. Um, Exactly. Exactly. And you're like, well, why is this person mean to me? Like I did nothing wrong. I've been a good friend. Me, 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 me. It's not about you, literally. And I very, I say I'm narcissistic, but I think it's actually a good thing because I'm not a jealous person and I don't compare myself to anyone else. Oh, I'm, so yeah, something. <laughs> I'm so focused on myself that I'm my harshest critic. So I'm just like, do better. Come yes. on, keep going. Like, I'm so focused on myself, yeah. but not everyone is that way. And again, it's understanding people are different, different circumstances. The way that I operate doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's, giving people grace and just being more understanding that people are going through different things in life. So. Yeah. I love that. Um, kind of going off of that. I think my tip for this week for people is going to be to like go out of your way to like tell someone that like you're proud of something they did or like congratulate them for something so that you can be like the good voices. So if they are getting like bad feedback or just like nobody seems happy for them, like just be the person this week to kind of go out of your way to like, compliment something that they did or they're working towards I, I, I love that sometimes you don't even realize something that takes you two seconds especially if you genuinely like like what they share yeah. or if it's content or something that could be like the brightest spot in their month yeah. and they may have been on the verge of a breakdown having a really bad day at work a fight in their relationship or yeah. the family or something and that one comment it's just like, change everything. It's them. just like they're like, oh, it costs nothing. It costs you nothing. Costs you nothing. It takes it's you like fine. maybe like 10, 20 seconds. Right. Like, yeah. Whether it's in I person, people need time. Like instead of thinking about something negative or judgmental to say, say something kind. Yeah. Honestly, like like that can never hurt you. That it can, it can it can literally impact someone's mm-hmm. entire month. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's so crazy. And it literally, it could be in person or it could be like you commenting on something yeah. that someone posted online being like, this yeah. is really helpful. Like, thank you for posting yeah. this. Or like, I really relate to this. Just yeah. taking a few seconds to do that. It like, it's crazy. Kindness. Kindness. Kindness is crazy how it just like can change things. Kindness spreads. Like, uh, fire. <laughs> when you're nice, then they'll be in a better mood. Then maybe they'll like be nice if they were in a bad mood. So just exactly. It, it can never hurt you to be to be kind to someone. No, absolutely not. Okay. So our last segment, and then we will finally say goodbye to Tay after two episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so our last segment is just something fun to do in your city. So Tay is in New York. So what is one of your favorite things to do or places to go in New York that you'd recommend for people visiting? Or maybe New Yorkers that have just never been there or done that. Well, because I said this in the first episode, being a dog mom is my entire identity and I don't care. Judge me. I'm not apologetic <laughs> about that. Uh, so since getting Gus, I only go to dog friendly places and believe it or not, some of the nicest places in New York are all dog friendly. So why would I go back? So I actually, where we went, um, for on pier 17, where yeah. we're yeah, yeah, where we had the, yeah. uh, event, yes. the boat cruise. There are so many restaurants out there and it's down the street from where I live and it's super dog friendly, the seaport. So we went to Sam bar. It's like S S a M bar. It's okay. Like little restaurant. Oh, yes. Um, telling me you went amazing. there. Absolutely amazing. Cause I had never been before. Mm-hmm. We typically go to Malibu farm. Also great dog friendly, but I highly recommend the seaport is a hidden gem that people may or may not know about, but they're, op- they just opened a, a new like gourmet uh, market. Oh yes. I saw, I saw a video yes. about that today. So that place, especially before summer ends is prime that I, I just love it. The restaurants are amazing, super dog friendly, very aesthetic and scenic, yes. which, you know, I love vibes. So for me, it's, it's a great, I, I just love going there. And again, for me, it's easy. I walked down the street. So yeah. highly recommend the seaport, the seaport, I obviously love Soho and like Greenwich Village or West Village, but the seaport is a hidden gem that people don't know about. And it's usually not too crowded either. So you can really get a good experience there. It's so nice being near the water. And I I love and grew up in Caribbean. So I love being near the water. Oh, yes, yes. I don't think it was super busy when we were over there, quite honestly. No, it wasn't. And that was a Saturday. Yeah, it was a Saturday evening. It was like six to seven. We were kind of around that area. But um, yeah, it like wasn't super busy, but it was enough people that you're like, oh, there's like things happening here. Yeah. 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 yeah, I love that. That's a good one. Um, My recommendation will be, oh, if you have a dog, go check out the new dog park at Madison Square Park. It is so nice. They just finished it. It had been closed since fall for renovations. The new one now, um, instead of like pebbles or something, oh my God, the new one is like fake grass. And then it has like stones, but like not like pebbles, like tiley looking stones. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I don't know what it's called. But so it's like stones, but then it's like all fake grass in the middle. There's a hill on each side. They have a small dog side, big dog side, and they have a water river going through it. So the dogs can drink. Yeah. You'll have to look it up. It's so, it's so, so cute. I love it. And there's so many benches with like umbrellas and stuff. So I like sat out there and was like doing my work while my dog got to run around. So, That's um, so nice. Well, I wish I had a dog because my dog is not really a dog. 
he doesn't like dog parks, oh, which is great because I also don't like mud or dirt. So we're both like, no, it's two peas a pod. But yeah. we like this one is nice being at the dog park, but he doesn't actually he likes hanging with humans. He doesn't really. Yes. There's always dog. some dogs like that that are walking around, just yeah. like walking up to the people looking for. Yeah, because he knows that's where the food's at. My dog's also really smart. So right. he goes wherever the humans are because that's where the food's at. So He's he'll bet. <laughs> yeah, my dog mostly likes other dogs. She'll go up to people, too. Um, my dog Lorelai, she does the thing where when we're walking, she'll just, like, <laughs> poke people on the leg, like pokes them with their nose and just keeps walking. And I'm like, Lorelai, you cannot just poke. It's so cute and tiny though. <laughs> it's so cute and tiny. So it's okay because she's like a tiny dog. But, like, yeah. If she was a big dog that just like, yeah, no. that would be so scary, but she's yeah. like, she's so small. So it's like, they're like calf or like, they're yeah, they're cute. and they're just like, Oh, and I'm like, sorry. She just like pokes people. I think um, I wouldn't care. I honestly love dogs more than human most of the time. I will talk to a dog before I talk to the owner. I know. I feel that. I know. We were talking about having like a doggy play date too. So we'll yes. do that. Because we'll do it. You're both tiny little guys. Still. So my new building has a dog run. So once I move in, Ooh. definitely feel free to come over. Yes. I think we have a doggy spa too. No. So okay. basically I'm never leaving home, yeah. which is wonderful. Why would I? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Wine cellar, that dog, never leaving home. I love that. That's what I want when I move into a new apartment. When I have money, I'm like, yeah. I want it to be somewhere that I really like enjoy being because yes. I'm such a homebody. I like to like I like to socialize with people, but like, and I like to go back to and just like not deal with yeah. it. Like I will go out, go hard, and then you won't see me for like three months. Like that for me is kind of just like my vibe. Like I will go hard, be so social, be like. You're an introvert? Yeah. Yes, because I exhausted all my energy in that one outing, and now I need yeah. to kind of recharge for the next three months. Yeah, that's totally fair. I'm not quite <laughs> not extreme. But like, I like to go out, like, once a weekend normally. Yeah. Like, that'll be, like, my night out. I had fun. Or I like to just, like, do, like, I don't know, more relaxing things, like grab dinner yeah. weekends. But I'd also rather just, like, hang out at, like, my place. So I want, yeah. like, a nicer space where I'm, like, we have room to have people over it's like good for like entertaining. I want to do like dinner parties. Like, yeah, trust me. Trust me. Preaching to the choir. After living in a one bedroom for three years, including through a pandemic, I feel the need to get more space. We're moving to a two bedroom. Have so nice. Actually be able to entertain people Mm -hmm. and have people stay over. Yeah. Because right now it's, it's tight. Mm -hmm. You feel it. Yeah. It's tight. Great view, but it's tight. Tight Yeah. I don't, oh my God. I don't even have a great view. Hang on. I'm going to show you right now. This is outside my bedroom window. It's just a brick wall. <laughs> what is, like, where, what, is it like a building? It's, yeah, it's like an alley between a building. Those are all oh. plants. <laughs> you even have a functioning window. Okay, there was a time when I was in law school where I was in a converted studio. You heard that, right? A converted studio. What was it before? Like an office? I have, no, it's, a, it's literally a studio. It was like a studio apartment. And I, being just... I don't even know, naive, did not realize that it was not normal for me not to have a functioning window. No, that's not so, safe. That's like against like fire code. <laughs> and that's where I studied for the bar exam. So I couldn't do that. Yeah. Honestly, I think having those moments of humility and really starting from the bottom yeah. really makes me appreciate things that I work to get right now because I literally did not have a functioning window in my apartment. And Back then, I had the choice to go in to do Barbary in real life, mm-hmm. and I or in person, 
And I still did it all virtual because okay. I preferred to learn better that yeah. way. So I would have thrived in the pandemic, honestly. Yeah. All virtual, I would have thrived. Yes. Because when I was at Georgetown, I did, because I went there for my tax LLM. Okay. I did every, because I lived in New York still. Because I had two roommates and I, again, converted one bedroom. I've been there, okay? Been there. Converted three bedroom into, yeah, one, oh. one bedroom into a three bedroom, mm-hmm. okay? So I couldn't get out of a two-year at least. So I had to just commute back and forth, taking Bolt bus and mega bus, a $1 bus from here, New York to Georgetown in DC, three times a week or twice a week. So, can I tell you, I've literally been at the bottom. Oh my God. For an Amtrak. Okay. Like, there were times where I'd like splurge and get like an Amtrak for $49 if I can get it super early. But I was taking mega bus from New York to DC. And again, I was thinking, this is one year. You're gonna increase your earning potential after you get this tax LLM. I did really well, and that helped me mm-hmm. get the jobs that I've had now. But yeah. for a year, it sucked. Oh my god, I couldn't do that. Like I know I couldn't function like that. It really sucked. I would. Like, sacrifice. This is another reason why it's like now I really do like live. I want to live life and enjoy life. Yeah, I really because you've been I through it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't. Had no money. Oh. I literally had no money. Oh my god. PB and J's every single day at Cardozo. Okay. Like, I used to love when they would have those, like, Chinese um, food, like, free, like, lunches. I yes. would stock up on the fried rice and egg rolls. Yeah. No, yes. I- yeah. Oh, my God. I love when we have free food. Every time the there's events, I'm like, so good. food? I will the kosher it. Chinese food is really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they did. Um, it was free, so it's not like the best, but it was free. Yeah, they did an event for Lunar New Year last year, and there was so much Chinese food but they're always just giving pizza at other events and I'm like at that point I was taking anything we actually had a, tw- a Twitter account that would announce when there was free food on after a meeting no yeah they need to bring we, that back <laughs> there was there, this is this is a concerted effort okay we were all poor and yeah. uh, we were trying to get as many free meals as yeah. possible yeah no every time there's a meeting that I'm even somewhat interested in or I could pretend I am I'm like I'll be there my friend's like oh I'm going to this meeting we're going to this event um like there's gonna I'm like is there is there food I'll come with you (laughs) I'll be there I'll be there yes food is expensive like everything everything is so expensive in New York so take advantage of the all the free meals as possible yeah, my boss over the summer, I worked in one of the clinics at Cardozo. She took us out every time she took us out to lunch. She was like, they give such huge portions here. Make sure you take home the leftovers. I know food's expensive yeah. and I've been a law student before. And we're like, thank you. You don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll bring Tupperware. I, there was no shame. Yeah. There was literally no shame yeah. because you have to be smart. I, I, I was like, okay, this is saving me some money. I can just stay a little bit longer, wait mm-hmm. for this meeting. I would plan my, my study schedule around meetings. It's like, okay, I'll just stay here a little bit later. 6.30 meeting, I'll get food. It was, yeah, any any little it's bit to save money. Yeah. Strategic. I love that. Yeah, and it's always the, like, later night meetings that have the good food. Yeah, like, 100%. If it's during the day, like, a general body meeting or something. It, like, yeah, it probably wouldn't be good. But it's, like, after 6.30, those had really good Yeah, because those are the events. Exactly, so, exactly. Those are really good. Yes, Okay. <laughs> I feel like we've talked people's ears off enough. Yes. So do you want to tell people where they can follow you again for anyone that didn't listen to the last episode yet? Yeah. So I'm on TikTok. I have two accounts, the corporate dog mom and the corporate creator. Mm-hmm. Follow both or one or the other. They're both 
great. Um, I also have the same accounts on Instagram, so Corporate Dog Mom and The Corporate Creator. And you can also find me on my website, thecorporatecreator.com, or my new YouTube channel that currently has one short, uh, <laughs> The Corporate Creator. So multiple ways to reach me. Yes. I'm always on my phone, so there's always some way to contact me, unfortunately. So <laughs> always some Don't be a stranger. Yeah. Join my join one of my communities. You will never leave. Absolutely. Once you enter the corporate creator ecosystem, you're never leaving. <laughs> she hooks you. It's yep. actually it's like a drug. She hooks you in yeah. and then you're addicted to it. You never leave. You never leave. Yes. And um you can follow the podcast, as you all know, Legally NYC Podcast on Instagram and TikTok and my personal Erin.lindsay13 Instagram and TikTok. I post like law school tips on that one. Um and well, I also forgot I'm starting a podcast. I totally forgot. Oh yes, no, no, tell them. Yes, I saw that. By the time this episode's out, your podcast might be out. So probably. Go ahead. Yeah, that was kind of something that happened on a limb too because of people I talked to at this event. Oh yeah, yeah. I went to the conference. Mm-hmm. That's why I did YouTube and podcast. Yeah. So the corporate creator podcast is seeing a trend. So you can always find me some way. I use the same brand name. That's my business name. So the corporate creator podcast has been created. I'm in the process of developing and recording mm-hmm. episodes right now. So that will be officially launching at some point in the fall. Okay. I have to talk to my business manager, so I can't give a date yet, mm-hmm. but it will be coming probably end of October because once I move into my new apartment, we'll have a legitimate office podcast yeah, studio. So then I'll be filming the episode. So it will be probably launching the end of October, which is also when my bonus year ends for my firm. So I'll have more free time. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah. So um Tay will be really busy until end of October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um I will and I'll share with everyone when she launches that since we don't have a date set yet. I'll share it on our Instagram so you can all find it. Um but yeah so that was the episode. Thank you so much for coming Tay. This, this is awesome. This is my first podcast ever. So this is amazing. Wait, this is your first podcast ever? Ever, ever, <gasps> oh my God. ever in life. This is so cool. That's so cool. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. This was so great. You're not to like pick favorites, but you're one of my favorite guests I've recorded with so far. I feel like we could have talked all day. Honestly, you probably could. And we will because we're going to like hang out. I yes. Go to Mary's, do all the things with our dogs. Like you're stuck with me. Sorry. Oh my God. Sorry. Okay. I'm stuck with her now. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.